Welcome to episode 120 of the STEM Space. Claire is back in her STEM classroom, and this year her focus is all about prototyping and troubleshooting for her kinder through ninth graders. Listen in as I chat with her about a mysterious prototype, a STEM challenge intended to assess learning for back to school, and why her students asked if they could bring a dead cat to school. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Claire. Hey. I'm glad to have you on, and it's not just me talking to myself. <laughs> It's been a while. It's been really crazy because we're both back to teaching. Yay! I have so many questions and you had posted a recent video on like Instagram, TikTok, which we can link below, giving us, you know, a sneak peek into your classroom and you mm -hmm. show me a few things and you're like, I'll tell you more in the podcast. <laughs> so I'm excited to be here and actually learn more about what you're doing this year in STEM and all the things. But first, how are you feeling with this first week, now second week of school? I'm so excited. It feels really good to be back in the classroom. I think that's one of the things that was hard last year when I had a baby as I was watching everybody else and all of their struggles and all the things they were doing. And I'm like, oh, oh, let me try it. And then, oh, wait, never mind. I don't have a classroom to try that in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, now that I feel like I've brain dumped all of my ideas over the past year and now I get to do it. And I'm very much a doer. So this feels right. I love that. Yeah, I'm in my second time of teaching this class. So we're now in week two as well. So our, our schedules yes. are aligned and I'm in the struggle of do I put everything on repeat with my curriculum because you know new students but it's the same content or do I change it up again and so I'm going with a it worked really well last semester but there's areas that I can do better I don't know it's it's fun I was wondering what you'd end up doing because I tell you tell you this every year it's like I've already set it all up to where I did something different every grade level and so I don't have to change it up because they're not going to be getting a repeat on any lessons. So I could just do the same thing I've done the past three years. And I never do that. So <laughs> we're the same. <laughs> yeah, I have like everything structured, all my slides and materials and notes from last year that I'm trying to just like copy paste and then just add in a couple more, sprinkle some more details. But on week two, I've already changed everything. I was say good luck. <laughs> I was supposed to be submitting lesson plans, which I know like everybody, I think that's what everybody does. I would like to know actually STEM teachers, how do you submit lesson mm -hmm. plans? Do you submit lesson plans? Because since there's no like nationally accepted STEM curriculum, like how do you do that? But uh, oh. I have yet to submit any lesson plans because I change it so often. <laughs> I'm just like, it's pointless for me to spend time writing it up because that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> Yeah, I have students who have requested my slides ahead of time. They're like, oh. Miss, can I know what we're doing next week? And I'm like, I literally <laughs> don't know until 10 minutes before class exactly what we're doing. The slides won't be ready. And I always post them right after class because <laughs> that's ah. when I know they're done. And so like I have one plan. And then I remember last week, I think it was an hour before class. I was like, no, I got to do it this way. And I have to change it. And it always works out. But I think as like 
teachers, you, when you give yourself the time, you will make a lot of changes. <laughs> and so I try yes. to kind of constrain my planning time because otherwise it can get out of control. Yes, exactly. And then it takes way too long for your slides to load because they're like 200 slides mm -hmm. long. Like, yeah. Just in case I have extra time, yeah. we're going to dive into physics today. And, right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll some space. Okay. Well, where should we start with your class? What would you like to share first? So I've given you a sneak peek, Natasha, on Marco of something that I was working on late at night. Mm -hmm. I had my hot glue gun and a giant refrigerator box. It was a big and box with some was, like model something in there. It looked like a model of something. Yes, you're right. It was a model of something. So I have two words. You know how like people choose a word of the year that they focus on? No. I don't do that, but there's some people that do that, which is great if that's like you. Like what? Like the like strength, um, or my word for the year is adaptability. Peace. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Which I think is fabulous, but maybe not for those of us who change our plans so often <laughs> that I would uh, fail at that pretty quickly. But I do have two words for my students for this year of things I want them to focus on. And the first one is prototyping. And we've talked about that in a previous episode where I talked about the boat challenge, which I'm so grateful for so many people that have reached out saying they've done something similar because then we could share ideas on all of that. So that's really cool. The other word is troubleshooting. Ooh. So in the reel slash TikTok that I made where I showed my classroom, I was showing the take apart cart. I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast mm -hmm. yet. So I took one of those three tier metal carts that you can get at like Michael's or Amazon. And it's always been kind of a random cart. Like I don't have a lot of storage in my room. So it'd be something where I'd put markers on or hot glue guns and roll it around. But uh, I was never really satisfied with it. And I've always wanted to have some sort of tinker table. But I thought, I don't have room for a table, but I have a cart. So it's a take-apart cart. I love it. The name is perfect. Right? And so what it has on it is a bunch of tools, which I'm so grateful because I posted on Instagram and our local hardware store donated a bunch of tools. We have a bunch of mechanics whose kids go to our school. And so they donated a bunch of tools. And then the appliances. So the idea with this is I'm going to be teaching students different tools and how to use them. And we're going to be taking apart appliances that either don't work or people don't want. Small appliances, like a hairdryer, an iron. I have a vacuum sealer and an actual vacuum. And then the hardware store donated a, a toilet tank, like the whole porcelain tank. Perfect. It's clean, like no, it's never been used, <laughs> which was my so uh, requirement. Have with that. In your room, is that what I'm hearing? Just the tank, okay. Not the whole toilet. <laughs> we don't want confusion. Yes, yes, and it is like in a tub because I was like, I don't want this just sitting out. People right. are gonna be so confused. <laughs> but that's an important thing for kids to realize how it works. Because then I thought, you know, they can relate to that. I bet they've had their toilet running before and been mm -hmm. like, why doesn't it flush? They're going to know. And we're going to take it apart. We're going to learn how to fix stuff, learn about how electronics works. We talk about circuits. They build paper circuits in our class. But they do they really understand what I mean when everything has a circuit that's electrical? Yeah. Maybe not. So we're going we're gonna to work on that with my take-apart cart. And my goal with all of that 
is not just to know how to fix stuff, but to understand how to troubleshoot. And so many times I feel like in STEM, I know you've experienced this before, Natasha, that our students will be like, well, I don't know how to do it. Tell me how to do it. Give me the instructions. I'm like, I'm not going to do that because this is STEM. Mm -hmm. We solve problems. We have to think critically. And part of that is troubleshooting. That's really basically what it is. So I want them to look at an appliance that they've never seen before. Remember the things that we've talked about and taking other things apart and be like, okay, so how does it get power? Maybe it has to do with the power. Maybe there's something electrical going on. Or is it something mechanical? Maybe something's not connecting right or the gears are broken. So being able to think before asking that troubleshooting piece. So I like that. And it ties into that growth mindset, perseverance, Mm -hmm. all those critical skills that we talk about in STEM. Yes. And the teamwork is in there, communication, because I don't have an appliance for every student. Hopefully I won't have that much to take over my room. (laughs) Toilet bowls. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'll hopefully only have one of those. Um, but going back, (laughs) everybody has one, bring you your toilets. No. Uh, so going back to your original statement about the thing I was building with the cardboard, the model. Yeah. By the way, you like gave me a little sneak peek and I was like, is that the boat? Because you talked about the boat and I'm thinking like, that's a terrible design, Claire. (laughs) Like, I don't think you understand buoyancy. No. Nope. No. So what I actually built was a prototype or a small scale model of my classroom. Of your STEM classroom? My STEM classroom. Okay. Which was fun because when I showed it to my students, they were so excited. They're like, oh, that's the Lego wall. You have the whiteboard. You could actually write on it. There's your desk. There's where I sit. It was really fun. Your room. So my husband, of course, was like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, is this how you're figuring out how to arrange your tables? Right. It's like, no, <laughs> like that would be a little over the top, but actually it's a good idea. Right. No, <laughs> no. So, so what I did is for my fifth through ninth graders, they saw this scale model and it's a, the box is the size of a mini fridge and freezer. So it's kind of long and skinny, but, um, I don't know, maybe six feet long. And I put it down on my floor and I said, okay, you will, each team will get five ping pong balls and you can earn a certain amount of points within five minutes of things that you can do with these ping pong balls to earn you points. So what I did is I showed them different areas. Like there's the makerspace table on your makerspace table. If you, I cut a hole and I put a cup on it. I said, if you can get the ping pong ball to fall into that cup on the makerspace table, you get one point. And I said, if you can get the ping pong ball to stay on the tabletop, you get two points. And then I had several things throughout the room that I would say, this is worth this amount of points. If you can get the ping pong ball to do that. I set it on top of a rug that I have an area rug on the floor. And I said, you cannot break the plane of the area rug to get these ping pong balls into these spots in this prototype of my classroom. So it's kind of like our lunar crater challenge where they have to figure out how to get a ball to fall in a cup, but they can't break the plane of a certain area. Like objects can break the plane, but they personally cannot. So think we also have the candy grabber. Yes. So just like what you're doing right now, 
is the students. These are all students I've had. They've been in the STEM program. This is their fourth year. They started thinking back to things that they've built before. So I had two groups in different classes say, I'm going to build the robot hand and it's going to be able to pick up and, mm. and grab the ball and drop it. Cause I said, you can't just stick a piece of tape on the ping pong ball and make it touch the things like you have to be able to let it go. Right. And they're like, well, can I get it back? I was like, yeah, if you get it back, then you can use it again and you can get as many points doing the same things as you want mm. in five minutes. Uh, and so they were so excited, but what was cool is like what you were doing. They were thinking back to projects they've already done before. And so this is a way I'm assessing where they are with STEM. And this is I'm making first class. This is their first class as I threw this on them and they're like, what? <laughs> like it's an engineering design challenge. You should know how to do this already. But since I was not in the classroom last year, there's a different teacher. I want to see where you are with this. Mm -hmm. So then I can kind of gauge where the students are with not only like STEM engineering design principles, how they are with working in a team, what are our weaknesses and our strengths? And what did you take away from past projects that we've done before and how you can use things in a different set? So transferring knowledge, are you able to transfer things? Mm -hmm. And they are so excited. And several of the kids thought, this is easy. Like I already know what to do. This is going to be so easy. Like, okay. Was it? How'd it go? Have on Tuesday oh. is when they're going to do it. So they just had the brainstorming and design phases of the engineering design process. So they'd write it all out. I told them, you can't touch materials today because we didn't have enough time, but you need to brainstorm. And of course they're like, can we just use, can we just build one thing? I was like, that wasn't a constraint. Some of them were like, oh, we're going to build these all three different things to get all these different points. I'm like, sure. But they could time, use anything in the makerspace. Time is a constraint. Time is the constraint. Yep. And building that robot hand with all the fingers made yes. up the best use of time. No, I don't think so. That's a that's a lot of work for that yeah. robot hand. Yeah, and if like they even remember how to do it, and it was a lot of steps. Okay, but how does this connect to your class being the prototype? Like, are you going to use that model to like come back to the idea of prototypes? Yes. Exactly. So the more things that I can give them an example of without giving them an example, yeah, the better, right? So I can be like, hey, remember that classroom that I made a prototype of? Because several of them, I was like, okay, there's a, what is this? And they're all like, it's a tiny thing. Like, no, there's a word for it. And I was surprised at how many kids didn't remember prototype. And so we had to go through the definition of a prototype and why we just build prototypes we don't actually build the full scale thing because right. in the real world that costs a lot of money and we don't need to spend all that money if we're just testing it to prove the concept first. So yes, we'll go back to that. Um, and then troubleshooting because they're going to be failing a lot in this, <laughs> this yeah. challenge because it's so open-ended. I think fun. it'll be really fun. All right. So how did it go with the other grades? That was five through nine, right? Yes. Yes. So, you know, we only had one class so far with the other grades. So it's kind of the introduction to the STEM classroom. So what I do is I do a little uh, scavenger hunt and I put stickers on all of the important things I want them to know in my classroom. So first I gave them a tour, showed them the take apart cart and the makerspace, our Lego graph wall. And I have a nature wall where they can bring in bugs and rocks and things. And we'll talk about them. Don't bring a snake in. The, the amount of questions I had about if they could bring their dead cat 
like seriously. What? Yes. I was like, no, no mammals. What? And then, so then we had to have a discussion about what is a mammal. So I guess it was a good lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave him a quick tour and then I was like, okay, now you have to find all of the stickers that are a certain color for your class that have letters on them throughout the room. And they're only on things I talked about. So then they had to remember, oh, what are mm-hmm. the important things that she talked about in this classroom? Like, where are your supplies? Where's this? So it, it's kind of a good memory game of where are things. Yeah. And then they had to unscramble because there's a letter on each sticker and they had to unscramble whatever the letters were to find out what the word is to get a, a peppermint at the end of class. So. <laughs> they work so hard. They're like, just tell me. <laughs> they love it. Okay, good. Yeah, this is their favorite. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like other teachers are, okay, here's this part of our classroom and then this, and then these are, you know, they're just telling them everything in the room and you're like, you have to unscramble all the letters and scavenger <laughs> hunt and then figure this out and then build a claw. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of like your escape room that you had done a while oh, back. Yeah. I feel like that's probably coming back. I'm sure at some point. I guess I planned on doing, see, I planned on doing an escape room and then it turned into the mini version of my classroom of course whatever this activity is yeah somebody gave the oh yeah the secretary gave me the refrigerator box and I was like what can I do with this (laughs) and that's how that started yeah always like the best ideas come from the most unexpected places right oh yeah it's like I have a box you could have made a maze you could have it's like that would be a question for the kids like here's a box there's that book there's that read aloud that's really great about uh, what what do you do with a box? Why am I blanking on what that title is? I know. Is that I mean, right? What? Yeah. What do you we'll do with the box? We'll link it up and link it. We'll link it in the shows. Yes. It's a really good book. Uh, and it's not right here. So I can't. Mm, yeah. But we'll be reading Box of Text soon, too. And mm. so that then the kids will get to play with cardboard and make a box, too. Oh, but I'm super excited about the next project, too. So after can you reveal I, it yet? Yeah, I can reveal it. Okay. I think. Yep. And then, listening, turn it off. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not here. They're in school. Uh no, no, I mean like listening to the podcast. Oh, yes. No, hopefully. I'm gonna do it before then. I'll do it on Thursday. Okay. Well, kind of. Um, yeah. Are you showing me a hint? I'm showing you a hint. Is that a what rocket? water rocket. It's not a rocket, but <laughs> it could be a rocket because what it's is maroon. it? It has a lot of stickers. It is maroon. It is a large something soft drink bottle. Yes, it yeah. is. It should be used for water rockets, but it apparently is not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It has it, a sticker it, of a rocket. It does have a sticker of a rocket. It's a space shuttle actually. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is actually just a water bottle. (laughs) For the boats? No. So when my students are finishing up this prototype of my classroom, whatever I'm going to call this challenge, I am then going to complain about how hot it is and how thirsty I am (laughs) and how I did not put enough water in this water bottle that I made. (laughs) And so I'm going to drink the or I'm going to pour it into a cup and show that it's empty I'm like, I'm out of water and it's so hot. And then I'll keep talking about something and then I'll be like, man, I'm still so thirsty. And then I'm going to pour more water 
out of this bottle that I showed before was empty. empty. Yes. And note that this is not a see-through bottle. You have painted it so they can't see what's inside. Yes, I have painted it. It's maroon. They won't be able to see it. And they'll probably be like, wait a minute. Or I hope they catch on because I'm not going to point it out to them. I'm just going to keep pouring water and then showing that it's empty and then pouring more water. (laughs) And they'll be like, wait. So I'm going to record that so I can post it. I want to see what their reactions are. And then at the end of class, as I'm doing this, I'll be like, oh yeah, I have a a magical water bottle. It actually can produce more water. And you are going to need to come up with ideas on how I can do this. Why is, how is this possible? And so over the weekend, which is a long weekend, it's going to be Labor Day weekend uh, here at the time that we're recording this. I want them to figure it out. I'm going to say there's a special club that we're creating of inventors and people with good ideas and critical thinkers. So I want you to come back with your ideas. How did I do that? (laughs) It's like how I did mystery box. Yes. But for engineering. That's right. I mean, it has science too. So, but it's like a very specific, well, it's like the mystery too, where they're pulling the string. Have I told you about that one? No. Okay. That's the podcast you're going to listen to where I'm solo. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's a tube. And basically there's two ropes coming out on each side of the tube. And when you pull one side of the rope, something else happens. Like one of the rope goes in, but it doesn't like work exactly how you think it should. Oh, okay. And so they just have to sit there pulling the ropes and the whole class are just trying to figure out what's inside this tube. What is happening? How does it move the way it moves? So they're collecting data and then coming up with ideas. And this is how I introduce modeling and how we're all drawing different models of what we think is happening inside the box. Yes. Just like that. Exactly the same. We're doing the same thing. Didn't even know it. I love that. But yours is more magical. Like it has like It is pretty magical. It is a sneaky introduction. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to know how it works? (laughs) Okay. So what you can't see since I painted this bottle and since I haven't completed it yet is that there will be a half inch PVC pipe that fits just perfectly into a two liter or one liter bottle. Mm-hmm. And you make it so that it doesn't go all the way to the bottom, but very close. So basically what you have is a straw that's on the inside of this bottle that fits perfectly within the opening. And I have cut a tiny hole in the side of this two liter bottle that when I am drinking or pouring it out, I cover that hole. So it has the straw effect of when you cover the top of a straw, so it holds it. So the only water that comes out is whatever was in the PVC pipe when it Mm -hmm. was upright. Mm -hmm. So then when I'm holding it upright again, after I've poured it out and shown that it's empty, I uncover the hole. And so that it equalizes again and more water goes into the PVC pipe. And then I do it again. And so it looks like it's just emptying and then water's coming from nowhere again. And you can buy, I forget what it's called, the like magical pouring vase or something like that on Amazon, but it's like $200. Oh my gosh. So what I'm going to do is use my DIY one and the week that we come back after Labor Day weekend and the kids have all these ideas, we're going to share all these ideas, talk about why they would work or why they wouldn't. And then the kids are actually going to make their own so that they can go and explain the phenomena because we're going to talk about the science 
and they can trick their parents or siblings and and uh, be excited mm. about STEM and hopefully remember what we talked about and just like your your mystery box and everything too. Yeah, I was as you were talking, I was thinking of like all the ways this could have worked. Like I was like, oh, there's probably a button that has like a stopper, <laughs> like a mechanism that like stops the water mm. pouring or. That's a really good science question, too, to figure out, like, how does that work? Like, once you reveal it to them, that doesn't mean they're actually going to understand it, right? No. So it's going to take a lot of, like, processing and thinking through what is actually yes. happening. And why do you have to close that hole for it to work? Mm, so is- something else I'm trying to find right now is I'm going to have an example of a clear bottle showing the inside of it. Nice. But I'd like to find a clear PVC pipe or some sort of tube so they can actually see the water level on the inside. Mm-hmm. Surely so, there's a plastic tube. Yeah. If not, I'll just shine a light behind it and you should be able to see the water level. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we will definitely have to show the video of having your students guess mm-hmm. that. And then this video, <laughs> like <laughs> how it works for all the teachers out there. Um, but what I think is funny is we've had a couple comments do you remember that TikTok video you posted where you're like, who's wearing the hat? Yes. Did you see the student that commented on that video? No. She was like, oh my gosh, can you please explain what's happening? My <laughs> English teacher is doing this to my class today and we don't understand. Oh no. <laughs> so it was a student that found your video and the teacher was like, who has the hat? And is like tormenting them. So what's funny, I bet this student is the same kind of student that asks ChatGPT before they even think about yep. what they think is the answer. But instead they searched TikTok. They went to TikTok and were <laughs> who has the hat or who's wearing the hat and found your oh. video and want you to explain it to them, even though your video is like it explains explains just it. Wait wait till the end. Right. They watched the first five <laughs> seconds is like, tell me, tell me. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, we'll have to link to that one too. I'm gonna definitely do that again this year. Yeah, I love those like behind the scenes moments where you can hear your students kind of how they engage with you. Well, thank you for sharing your classroom with us. And I look forward to hearing all about your prototyping. And next week, whenever you have them design, whenever they design the claw or the magnetic hand, I don't know, of putting the ping pong into your classroom prototype. Um, But for now, STEM space out. Are you looking for low prep, high quality, and engaging STEM units? Become a STEM Space member. You will get instant access to Vivify's growing collection of over 200 K through eighth grade STEM lessons. Membership also includes professional development videos that are added each month and can earn you continuing education credits. Join today through the link in the show notes to Vivify your STEM teaching.